Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the ET Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Evan Thomas. Today, we got a lot of Alliance news, and we will get to that uh, coming up shortly. Before that, we are going to touch on the MSU stuff, specifically MSU versus Iowa, the uh, was it their second Big Ten game of the season. And then we're also going to be talking about the MSU QB debate. Uh, there's a little back and forth right now. Who should be the starting quarterback for this struggling MSU team? We'll get to that. Um, but then later, we're going to have the Lions news. Of course, we're talking Lions-Packers review. Now the Lions are sitting on top of the NFC North at 3-1. and one. More on that. Lions versus Panthers prediction. In my view, this is a rivalry game because, well, the Panthers were one of those teams that a lot of Lions fans slept on at the second half of last season, and they went out there and lost. So this is a rivalry game. This is a revenge game. Lions need this one too. Additionally, the big news over the weekend is Jamison Williams, wide receiver for the Lions, who is on a six or seven game suspension. He is back now with... Um, they, they basically... they. The NFL removed his suspension. They retweet. They redid the rules for the gambling violations that he was that he did, and so he is back now on the team, full practice, like effectively, right? Full practice, ready to go. Now he is still nursing that hamstring injury, so we're going to talk about that when we get there. And the last thing's kind of like a little bit of a, a controversy that's going around, I guess. It's the lack of production from Jameer Gibbs for the Lions, but we're going to talk about that too because I am not too worried about that. I don't really think it matters. More on that later. Anyway, let's get into it. It's all football today, mostly Lions. Can't wait to get this one, uh, you know, in the books. So not, not too sure how clear it is, you know. But um, I'm a little sick right now. That's why the audio is kind of weird. And I kind of lost my hearing a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not sure how loud I am, really. I can just, I can tell a little bit based on the uh, response from the microphone, but it's totally not clear. So, hence, there's going to be a couple issues just for this episode. Hopefully, by the next one, things are cleared up a little bit. But, you know, we'll talk about the next one at the end. Um... So let's get down to it right here. Um, MSU loses to Iowa 16 to 26. Um, they then fall now to two and three. Two wins, three straight losses, whereas Iowa, four and one, uh, uh, only one loss in the, I guess, two weeks ago now to Penn State. Um, but uh, let's let's take a you know look at this game here. Um, well, in terms of games called, so for games called, um, I called this game a 14-21 loss for Michigan State. Uh, it was 26-16. Like I said, that moves my uh, game calls to 10-3. and I'm now picking games at 76.9%, four in a row right now, in terms of correct predictions on who's winning these football games. That... It's got to tell you something, man. It's got to tell you that there's some... The system I'm using is working, man. 
um, I can pick these games. I feel like I know what's going on. And right now, I'm picking at 76.9%. But we're going to see as that goes along, especially with the Lions news. MSU is on a bye week next week, so we're not picking anybody. We're not going to be picking any games for the next week. And uh, there's actually some potential here for uh, Michigan State to take care of the ball more, to you know use this bye week as an opportunity to practice uh, ball security because that's been a big issue for them in these last three games. A huge factor why they've been losing is uh, little mistakes like losing the ball or drop passes. You know, just those fixing those two things, and there's two or three wins here that they could have had. Um, the team isn't that bad. Okay, okay, against Washington, they were that bad, but against um, Maryland and Iowa, they did not play that bad against their Big Ten opponents. Yet they couldn't come out with the win because of these little mistakes. So let's jump into it. So um, for Michigan State, uh, passing passing leader, of course, Noah Kim. He was 25 for 44, 193 yards and three picks. No touchdowns thrown all game. Uh, Nathan Carter leading rusher for the Spartans. 20 carries, 108 yards. He's probably the best player on the team, Nathan Carter, right now. And uh, Monterey Foster, uh, leader in receiving yards at eight receptions for 79 yards. Uh, over on the Hawkeye side of the ball, uh, Deacon Hill actually ended up playing in this game. Uh, because the starting quarterback got hurt. Uh, his name is slipping my mind right now, but I, I want to keep going with this segment. Um, might be in here somewhere. Come on. Cade McNamara, there he is. Cade McNamara, um, a former U of M player, U of M transfer. Uh, went to Iowa and got hurt again. The bane of his existence is probably MSU. Uh, the last pass he threw against them uh, before this game was a an interception. Uh, so kind of kind of a, a rough story. He lost the game uh, for U of M back in 2021 during that crazy 2021 uh, campaign that MSU went on. So, uh, but let's talk let's talk about uh, Deacon Hill. So Deacon Hill, 11 for 27. 100, 115 yards, one touchdown, one interception all night. Uh, he, I mean, he played like how you expect a backup to play in that position. He actually played a little bit better. You know, he wasn't completely terrible. Um, and he did end up getting a touchdown. So, you know, got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Noah Kim couldn't do that as a starter. Rushing yards. Uh, LaShawn Williams, uh, 12 carries, 38 yards, so not a whole lot of production out of him for the Hawkeyes and uh, receiving yards. Um, Eric All with four receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. So he was very productive on the night uh, for the Hawkeyes. Uh, a notable, notable defensive player, um, Angelo Gross with the pick. Uh, for MSU, uh, but let's let's jump over the team stats, right? So, so this is a totally different game, and you'll see how um, when we say that MSU is playing good football underneath these scores that are just not too impressive. Here's what this team stats say about this, right? Team stats for Michigan State: 349 total yards on offense, 193 passing. 156 rushing yards i mean that's that's close to your goals you know 150 is the rushing yard goal that every team should have they passed it uh 
passing yards, 250 to the goal, 193. That's pretty close. That's 60 yards off, but still, you know, uh, that's close. Um, an average 4.6 yards per play. You want to see it above four, like, you know, preferably five yards, but, you know, four is okay. You want to see it above three, like, um, like, a, like, a, like, okay, at four or higher, right? Uh, three is like the bare minimum for something like that. Uh, for the Hawkeyes, 222 total yards, 161 in the air, only 61 rushing yards for the whole team, 3.8 yards per play. So MSU outperforms on the team stats in all areas. Total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, and yards per play. And they still couldn't pull out the win. That's what I'm saying. Like This is a team that, that can play. They just can't score. Um, you know, they get down there and there's ball issues. We're going to talk about that right here. So, um, the down, like, uh, down the, I guess, ballot stats, you could say, uh, first downs, Michigan State has 20 first downs compared to Iowa's 15, but take a look at this three for 15 on third down. That's an issue. One of two on fourth down. You don't really expect to get fourth down. So good for them. Six punts, uh, 10 penalties for 94 yards. That's a huge issue. Um, almost 100 yards in penalties is you know a huge problem. And then ball security, one fumble lost, three interceptions, four turnovers, and 100 yards or 94 yards of penalties. No wonder they're losing the football game. You know what I mean? So little mistakes like that are going to cost you, you know, your wins. Um, time of possession, 33-48, more than Iowa's time of possession. So like in every stat, pretty much, they're leading but they're also leading in the stats you don't want to lead in. So turnovers, penalty yards, things like that. Um, uh, they're not leading in punts. I think punts are the only thing that they're not leading in. Yeah. It's just, it's, which, you know, that's, I guess that's a good thing, right? Um, but if we flip it over here to the other side of the ball, we have um, Iowa 15 first downs, two for 13 on third down. They were no better than MSU was on third down fourth down they did, didn't have any fourth down attempts uh 59 total plays seven punts three only three penalties costing 25 yards see that's that's discipline <laughs> kind of important when we're talking about a game that is so team oriented like football is um you know that's that's the reason why they went they took advantage of their field position when they got a good field position because they didn't turn the ball over, one interception, one fumble lost, and they didn't cause penalties to get them out of those ranges. Um, time of possession, 26-12. So they didn't even get to 30 minutes of, of time, which is your goal, again, uh, time of possession is 30 minutes. So uh, at least, at least 30 minutes because you want to hold the ball for half the total game time. That's a, you know, shows good ball control. So, but look at this, like, even if we go down the the like quarter for quarter end of the first quarter game is tied at three okay and the second quarter msu is at uh, gets six extra points so um hawkeyes got touchdown for seven so now we're looking at by halftime msu is down by a point that's it end of the third quarter msu's got a they've got a pick six and, and and Iowa just got a field goal. So now they're ahead. Okay, they were winning 
like 16 to 13, I think at this time. And they that's that's basically the whole third quarter was like that. And it looked really good. Um, MSU had an opportunity to win the game. Um, they had their the team stats are all there showing that they had they had this game in the bag. Um, but there's a couple mistakes right there at the end of the fourth quarter. They gave up 13 points to lose uh, 16 to 26. It was just it was so hard to watch um, that last like five minutes or 10 minutes of the game where the team just crumbled and lost the football game. Um, it's really disappointing. And and so, you know, if you're at Michigan State, you're trying to you're trying to build confidence around a team that can't seem to build anything um, in terms of points. They can't score. They can't get in the end zone. Uh, a lot of field goal kicks this game, and that kept them in it, honestly. Um, Jonathan Kim, uh, the kicker, uh, graduate transfer from North Carolina, I believe, uh, came in this year doing great, you know, keeping them in the game. But the offense struggled terribly. I don't think they had an offensive touchdown the whole game. You know, one offensive touchdown, and they would have um, they would have kind of iced it, you know, um, or, or even two would have been perfect, you know. So, uh, you know, three field goals and a pick six, you know, you got to get in the end zone with that kind of stuff. Um, that's what I'm saying. So, so that kind of that kind of brings up the conversation around the quarterback battle. Uh, Noah Kim. I was like the biggest fan of Noah Kim uh, for the la- have been for the last six to eight months, a year, year and year and six months even. Um, I thought he was a decently talented, talented quarterback who just needed some time to kind of. You know, learn his game a little bit, and he would have been a decent QB. I have to, you know, kind of take the hit on this one. I think I'm wrong about that. Um, he has struggled game in and game out since we got to the good opponents. He had one week where he did better than, um, you know, JJ McCarthy over at U of M. He played better in one week, and he got the Big Ten uh, Offensive Player of the Week award. That was a big deal, like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. And he just struggled ever since getting that award. I like took it out of him or something. Because these last three games he's played bad. Just not even like a little bit good and like sometimes bad, just bad. He's just bad. So um, you know, student section during the home games, they like we have a chant that is we want Hauser because now I don't participate because I want Noah Kim to be the starter. Like I wanted him to be the starter. I wanted him to be good. I, I respect him as a as an athlete, but at the end of the day, he's not winning football games. You know, I saw the news break. Um, I think it was today that Coach Barnett's going to entertain. Um, you know, thinking about transitioning Hauser in as the starting quarterback because Noah Kim's just not doing it, man. He's not getting it done. Um, the team is playing well. I mean, we saw that we we talked about the stats already. The team is playing well. Just Noah Kim, he's not doing it. He's not, you know, going out there and winning the football game, putting the team on his back and getting points. And that's something that you need in the Big Ten. That's something you need as a starting quarterback. You know, I know this year um, across the 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 NCAA, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks. There just isn't. But um, that's not really an excuse, in my opinion. You know, like you still got to go out there, still got to play your game. So 
I mean, I'm open to seeing um, Kaiten Hauser as the starting quarterback going uh, up against Rutgers, the hot Rutgers team. Um, I think people are sleeping on them as uh, as you know as a good team. Maryland's uh, been playing very well, very well. Um, so you know, this is going to be another tough battle. It's a road game again coming up in two weeks. We're not going to make a prediction on it. Uh, we're going to do that next week. Excuse me, when we get a little bit closer to that game. But MSU gotta they gotta pull it together a little bit if they want to have a chance at um, salvaging some of these wins and going uh, three and three against Rutgers on the road. And then you got the big U of M game coming up after that later in October. So you know they they really got to build some momentum if they want to have a shot at that one. So uh, I'm I'm here to entertain uh, a Kaden Hauser as a starting quarterback. Um, you know there's some concerns about him and ball security, but I think. It doesn't really matter. I mean, Noah Kim, he's been just as bad as Kaden Howard probably could be. And if, you know, I might have to eat those words in a few weeks. But I don't know. I mean, if we're at the point where we have two backup quarterbacks, it kind of feels like, you know, there isn't a clear, you know, definitive starting quarterback here. Um, I mean, there was for a little bit uh, with Peyton Thorne, but even then he was in some areas, you know, getting pressure from Noah Kim. So, and apparently he's not doing great at Auburn. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I haven't been paying attention to the Auburn games. Obviously, I've been talking to you guys. So, you would know if I was into that, but I'm not. So, anyway, we kind of got to wrap up the MSU segment. But what I'm saying is, this team needs a quarterback that can score points. That's not Noah Kim. I think we entertain Kaden Hauser or maybe some of the other guys uh, down the roster. Just something. Somebody has to step up and take it. Uh, and I'm, you know, kind of excited to see who that's going to be. But at the end of the day, this could be a two-win MSU team, which is embarrassing because my expectations for MSU are 500 minimum and a bowl game. So let's, you know, figure it out, guys. That's basically what I would like to say. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's talk about some Lions. <laughs> All right, let's get down to it. Lions, Packers in Lambeau Field, week four, right? Yes, week four of the regular season. The quarter mark, this is a huge game. Um, and the boys got it done, 34 to 20. But the stats will tell the real story. Um, yeah, it was a literal beatdown. So... Uh, first quarter, we're just we're just gonna points right now. It's points. First quarter, Lions up fourteen to three. Second quarter, what is that? Twenty-seven to three at halftime. Just unheard of. They get another. They scoreless in the third quarter. Now that's pretty typical. I don't know why. This offense in the third quarter just do not get along. And then another touchdown in the fourth quarter, seal the deal. Packers score eight and then nine in the fourth, third and fourth quarter. Um, but they were never in this game. You know, this wasn't a, you know, two touchdowns, you know, kind of game. It was a beat down. And then they just kind of let up on the gas a little bit. And the Packers, you know, got some points there at the end. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, yeah, Packers were never in this game. Uh, 
very much at all. I think something like there was some stat out there that they had like one yard of offense in the first quarter. The Packers did or one rushing yard, something like that. It was just wild, wild um, stat. But this is ET speak, so let's break it down. Um, so Lambeau Field, so Lions are first passing stats. Jared Goff, 19 for 28. 210 yards, one touchdown, and another interception. Right now, he's thrown three interceptions, one in every game since playing the Chiefs. I don't know what's up with that. Um, he usually has pretty good ball security, but still another touchdown. Um, but then his response was to go down and get one to Amon Ross St. Brown in the end zone. Um, yeah, he had a great game, almost perfect um, for a quarterback other than that uh, one interception. David Montgomery, he's back after suffering an injury. Uh, 32 carries, 121 yards, and three touchdowns. He is the workhorse. David Montgomery is one of the best running backs that the Lions have seen in a while. I think he's better than the, than the last two from last year, uh, in my opinion. Um, he's not a Barry Sanders, necessarily, but he's a workhorse, man. He puts it in there. He grinds it out. Uh, we're going to talk about Jameer Gibbs eventually. Um, kind of his season as a whole, not necessarily this game. Uh, but anyway, so uh, receiving yards, uh, let's jump in there. And then Josh Reynolds, again, most receiving yards, three receptions for 69 yards. Dude catches the ball. I'm really happy that he's on this team and he's producing solid wide receiver too. But he might be bumped because Jameson Williams is finally free. Anyway, uh, for the Packers, okay, Jordan Love, 23 for 36 uh, 246 yards in the air. So he did. He had a almost a perfect game as quarterback as well, except for only scoring one touchdown and his two picks that he threw. Um, Aaron Jones five carries for 18 yards. Running game, not all there um, for the Packers. So that's kind of weird, right? Um, and then uh, Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs, <laughs> Romeo Dobbs. Uh, nine receptions for 95 yards uh, for the Packers. So, I mean, in the air, they played okay stats-wise, but they couldn't get in the end zone, kind of like MSU in a way. <laughs> um, all right, let's jump over here to this team stats. Um, unless there's notable uh, notable player. Uh, Jerry Jacobs got both of those interceptions um, on defense. That's the uh, big tell of the day. Um John Kaminsky with a sack. Aline McNeil with a sack. Aiden Hutchinson with one and a half. Charles Harris with a half sack. And Isaiah Bugs with a sack. Um, you know, defense getting pressure. Defense played outstanding uh, for the third, no, second week in a row, right? They did not play good against Seattle, but they have come out and played two basically perfect games on defense. Let's talk about it. Total yards for the Lions. 401 yard, yards of offense. 190 passing yards short of 250 but you know um they did good on they did extra rushing yards 211 rushing yards for the lions uh 150 being the goal and 5.5 yards per play this game uh, at least from the offensive point of view was about going out there dominating the line of scrimmage and just like choking the life out of the packers and that's kind of what happened um, total yards of offense for the Packers were 230, 230. They, 
went 203 yards passing with 27 yards rushing, uh, yards per play 4.3. So um, so they still so they had some okay um, numbers in the passing game, but the rushing game 27 yards rushing for the whole Packers team. That's just really 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 low. Uh, first downs, you know, if 150 is your goal, that's over 100 yards shy of what you would like to see from a team. Uh, first downs, Lions had, Lions had 25 first downs, went 7 of 17 on third down, uh, 2 for due on fourth down, so perfect on fourth down. 73 total plays, 2 sacks allowed. I don't know what, 2 sacks allowed, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> 4 punts, um, 8 penalties totaling 70 yards. That's kind of a problem. They did have a lot of penalties that kind of pushed their offense back a little bit, um, but... That's how we go sometimes. Uh, no fumbles lost this time, and one interception from Jared Goff there very early. Uh, held the ball for, get this, 37 minutes and 58 seconds. That's almost 38 minutes of holding the ball. That is forever in football. So they were just dominating, um, running that clock out. Um, no mercy uh, from the Lions offense. For the Packers, 15 first downs. 3 for 11 on third down, one fourth down attempt that was successful, 53 total plays, 5 sacks, 5 punts, um, 4 penalties for 31 yards, 2 interceptions, no fumbles, and uh, time of possession, 22-02. So they did not uh, have the ball for very long, uh, to put it frank. Your goal there, again, 30 minutes plus. They didn't get there. Um, yeah, this was a classic um, rumble and tumble, basically. Um, and the Lions showed their strength. They went out there and destroyed the Packers, um, proving that they truly are on top of the NFC North. Uh, right now, uh, it is Lions. Um, Packers are the number two. And they're they basically just like, thrown down in their place vikings get one win this weekend um they're now to one and three they're the third place and then bears still winless um again oh and four uh they're really struggling over there at the chicago bears which is you know it's, it's almost to the point where it's like that's kind of embarrassing <laughs> um i kind of feel bad for the bears uh thinking they might not win a game this year which um, rarely happens in the NFL. Usually professional teams can pull out one win, um, but the Bears really struggling uh, down the stretch. Uh, in terms of the game prediction, so I picked 24-21 Lions. It was 34-20. That uh, was a win. It was a Thursday night game, so um, it, it, it actually went before the the Spartan Hawkeyes game. So at the time that the Packers won, I moved to nine and three on my predictions at 75% streak of three. Got the Hawkeyes game right versus Sparty. So I moved to 10 and three. I'm picking at 76.9% total um, with four uh, picks correctly in a row. Um, so I'm at a streak of four. So that said, what do I got for next week? Um, no MSU game next week, like I said. So it's just Lions and Panthers in at Ford Field 
rivalry game. Lions are hungry to get a win against the Panthers, a Panthers team who beat them last year during their great stretch. Everybody picked the Lions to win the game, and they just couldn't get anything going. Um, Panthers forced a lot of fumbles. Um, I think one of the few and uh, one of the few fumbles, they also ran the ball like crazy against one of the better uh, run defenses in the country last year that the Lions had at the end of that season. So it's just really wild stuff um, that the Panthers kind of did to the Lions uh, last last time they played in a regular season game. Now we know that the Lions played the Panthers in the preseason this year. Um, let's see. Yep, Lions played in Carolina in the preseason. They won 26-17. to 17, Um and I had them to win as well. So, you know, kind of keeping in line with that, I'm going to pick Lions to win this one 27-17. Uh, we will see if, if that happens. Um, I'm really excited for it. I hope the Lions can pull this one out. I'm pretty sure. Um, I can pull it up right here. Panthers are winless at this point in the regular season, just like the, the Bears are. So um, I think anybody... Uh, who's looking at just those would expect the Lions to win. But I want to say this. I mean, these are professional sports teams. You cannot uh, shrug them off. And we had a couple examples of that uh, this last Sunday. Um, some teams who were expected to win. I think I think um, uh, the big one was the Dolphins were expected to win. They ended up losing. So this is an important game. Uh, every game is a game regardless. It's 60 minutes of professional athletes trying to beat each other. So, um, you know, Lions could lose this one. You know, they, they already lost one at Ford Field this year. They could lose this one too. It's dependent on the defense continuing to shut down um, the other teams and the offense being productive enough where they don't have to worry about uh, some of the mistakes that they're making, which they kind of are. You know, Jared Goff, he's a pick a game. By this point, um, we got to, you know, shut that down. Maybe here's an opportunity to not throw a pick. Um, some stuff to clean up with, with penalties um, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and then sometimes defense, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, this is the things that we got we to gotta worry about. So, um, but Lions-Panthers, I'm picking Lions 27-17 um, to take them. Additionally, we're gonna see wide receiver Jamison Williams back in the lineup this way uh, this week. Additionally, um, it looks like um, uh, Emmanuel Mosley is gonna be back. So there's a lot of lot of good lot of good Lions players coming back this week, which should be exciting to see them in action. They won't be playing the whole game, um, but they will be playing. Um, apparently, you know, according to what the coaching staff is kind of seeing. So, but uh, this this from the um, the Pride of Detroit, which is kind of like your home for Lions news. It's uh, wide receiver Jameson Williams to be reinstated um, as the NFL reduces his suspension. They kind of like redid their policy based on everything that happened, uh, and now he's back. So uh, we thought we were going to have to wait all the way until the. Um, Ravens game to see Jamison Williams again, but he's back. Um, so we'll see him. We'll see him uh, hopefully uh, get some kind of separation, some kind of catch. Um, you know, we are worried about him. He didn't have a very productive season at the end of last year. Um, one touchdown called back. Uh, he also 
did not have a very productive preseason this year. We didn't see him um, produce at all. Then he got injured. Um, I think he got a two-point conversion in the preseason and then dropped a couple balls. At least one was a touchdown pass he dropped. So, you know, still some questions about uh, Jameson Williams, but he's the fastest receiver in the league. So, uh, dude runs like 20 miles an hour. I saw a clock somewhere. He runs like 20.6 miles per hour, which is just wild that a person does that. Um, in pads, too. You know, like that's insane. So, we want this guy uh, back. Obviously, he's a very big deal. Um, you know, the odds are that he's going to be right there in that wide receiver room um, to kind of round out that third wide receiver spot, which kind of has been up in the air for um, the Lions, which is kind of weird. You know, um, Sam Laporte is catching a lot of passes. He's the tight end. Um, I'm Ross St. Brown. He's been productive in the end zone, but he, he's not putting up huge numbers. Um, like people kind of expected, but he's kind of like the go-to we're in the end zone now kind of guy. Um, he is a he is a, a mid player. He's not a deep ball kind of guy. And then um, Josh Reynolds, he's taking on a lot of the workload. Um, you know whose name I haven't heard called in a long time is Marvin Jones. Since Carolina, not not since Carolina, since um, the Chiefs game week one, I haven't really heard his name called at all. Um, which is kind of surprising. You know, you expect him to be um, out there. I, I wasn't even sure he was on the team anymore. Um, Marvin Jones, you know, got no receptions last week. Um, you know, Khalif Raymond, Jameer Gibbs, uh, David Montgomery, Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Josh Reynolds all caught passes. Nothing from Marvin Jones. So I don't know what, what he's doing, where he's at. Um, you know, we can we can get those right now. Uh, yep, his only his only game, uh, he had two receptions against the Chiefs. Um, he didn't play um, before then, so um, or he hasn't played hasn't played after. Or he did play against the Packers, I guess, but he didn't catch any balls. So that's an issue. Um, he's not producing. So we need kind of that number three guy um, out of the for the, for the Lions wide receiver room and that's going to be Jameson Williams or he's going to come in there and take the, one of these one or two spots it kind of depends on how the play calls work what the plan is going to be to work him back into the team hopefully he has more production than uh, I was going to say Jameer Gibbs but also Myron Jones um, you know Jameer Gibbs also not having a very productive year we can kind of we can kind of talk about that now um, you know, uh, 39 carries, uh, 179 rushing yards, uh, 14 receptions for 70 yards. Like for a guy we took in the first round, um, he's not seeing the production that we kind of expected from Jameer Gibbs. Um, this is something that I noticed in the preseason, but we all kind of shrugged it off as I, he just didn't quite get the separation that he needed to, to be good. Um, you know, his average carry is really high. But if you look at if you watch the games, that's because he'll go for like zero yards, zero yards, zero yards, twenty yards, and then it will make it look like oh well that's an average of you know five yards per carry. And it's like well yes, but it's because he's breaking one off and going for actual yards, and other than that he's getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Um, like you know he's caught a few balls out of the backfield, 
And that's been nice to have him there as a as a weapon that can catch balls out of the out of the backfield. But honestly, man, he's not getting the production that we kind of expect him to have. And I don't know why that's the case necessarily. Um, is the coaching staff just um, not, you know, getting him involved in the games or in practice? I don't know. Uh, maybe there's something else going on. They just don't think he's quite ready for that kind of thing. Um, they're still trying to figure out, you know, uh, what he can do. So. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, a lot of people took him in fantasy football. Now, I don't care about fantasy football personally, but a lot of people took him, and they're kind of upset that he's not getting the production that he was, you know, expected to get um, at this position, at the number two running back position. And even when he had a opportunity to make a name for himself um, last week versus the Falcons, he didn't do that. You know, he didn't really do a whole lot of, lot of, uh, production uh there against the the falcons we kind of relied on other offensive strategies to score points so i mean i'm not too worried about it at this point in the game uh we're a quarter of the way through the season um lions are winning so you know if if it was the case that we were losing um or maybe 50 50 then it'd be like okay well maybe we should get this guy more involved because we need we need to do something different um but at this point we're three and one we're top of the division i mean i'm not too worried about it and um, you know, down the stretch, uh, we keep working him in. Maybe he'll find some groove, or we find some plays that really work well for him. So, I mean, I'm excited to see those things. You know, I'd like to see him produce more, but I don't know if it's a big deal. Uh, something that we should be worried about going forward in the season. Now, if when we get halfway through and he's still not being very productive, then we can kind of reignite this conversation. Um, and I think honestly. I think the most of the conversation is probably just coming from people who took him as a fantasy player, and he's not being very productive as a fantasy player. So people are kind of probably upset about that, um, and saying like, "What? Where's my Jameer Gibbs? You know what's going on?" Um, but in terms of uh, Lions themselves, they know what they want to do with him, and maybe they want to use him as a more developmental back. You know, behind uh, Montgomery, maybe he's still learning some stuff. Um, I'm not quite sure. He's a young guy. I mean, I'm older than Jameer Gibbs, so, and I'm fairly young, I, I would think, so, I mean, it, it's kind of wild uh, to think that, so, yeah, uh, that, that's where I'm at with Jameer Gibbs, I'm not too worried about it, um, but one thing I am happy about right now is this Lions team, man, I mean, there were concerns after the Seattle game, you know, we were worried as fans, is this team good, um, is the defense okay, are they just... Did our upgrades did that not work out but i'm telling you it's gonna be good um the defense has played two perfect games back to back you know that's we want to keep going uh, we get more deep more guys on defense are coming back from injury offense is getting reloaded with new with new players right now with jmo back um you know we haven't seen jameer pop off yet but once he starts to i mean you know we're going to look really good as long as the defense can keep playing defense at this level where they're shutting down other teams, uh, keeping them out of the end zone. You know, you know, this is a dangerous, dangerous Lions team. Um, does that mean they're going to win every game from now on? No, of course not. Um, but I feel good about them. I'm going to pick them to win next week or on Sunday. Uh, so yeah, let's get excited. Let's get ready. Okay. Um, this is a good Lions football team. And I don't want us to be like, you know, scared to say it, I guess, um, given the history of uh, the Lions and the kind of scare that we had losing to Seattle. But I'm going to tell you also that the defense is going to lose one 
coming up here. And I'm sure the offense is going to lose one at one point too. So we have to keep it realistic, you know, like things aren't perfect. Um, and it kind of goes, you know, along with this like kind of Dan Campbell style of coaching, like they're going to get too confident at one point and they're going to lose a game and they're going to get punched in the mouth and they're going to have to get back up and they're going to have a great game the next week. Um, that's kind of what it looks like it's going to be. Um, but I'm excited for this stretch coming up for the Lions. They look good against some of these. They're going to look good against some of these teams coming up. Uh, so that's what I'm really excited for. And hey, maybe we do win them all. You know, um, I don't know if it's safe to entertain that idea, but I'm excited. Uh, yeah, let's hope they win. I got them to restate again, like Lions Panthers week five. I got Lions 27 to 17. Um, you know, tell me your predictions. Uh, on anchor doc anchor, still anchor.com might be or pod uh, spotify or podcasters so yeah um i got them winning next week all right i just want to say thank you so much uh everybody for listening to this episode of the et speaks podcast next week on the roster we have the msu versus rutgers game prediction we will be getting that one out um october 10th is the next episode at least the next um scheduled episode and then we're gonna be talking about the lions the review against the panthers game will they pull it out um if they do something like my uh prediction ratio gets up to 79 percent uh prediction uh and my prediction percentage gets up to 79 percent. so that's fantastic um, and then we're also talking about the Bucks prediction lines versus Buccaneers. How are they going to play? Uh, that game recently got moved uh, from, I think, 1 o'clock to 4.15. So that's exciting. I'm, you know, really happy for, uh, for the Lions there, you know, later in the night. Um, you know, should be, a, I, think, I think, game of the week is that time. So sh- uh, is it... Uh, I don't know if Lions are going to be the game of the week, but I'm pretty sure that that's the reason they moved it. I heard there's a rumor that it's going to be um, NFL's game of the week. So uh, that's really cool. (laughs) That's kind of exciting for the Lions to be part of that. So that's going to be Sunday the 15th, that game. Um, Yeah, so before you go, uh, just make sure you follow the show, uh, the ET Speaks podcast podcast on Instagram at ET dot speaks dot podcast that's in the handle now we have a new logo uh you might have seen that recently um i just felt like you know i wanted to go go in a new direction with the logo um we did take the with evan thomas part out of the name so i just felt like it was time for a change and so we're doing that Um, additionally if you want to hear more updates about the podcast um live it's not really live commentary i don't i don't uh thread a lot but I do thread sometimes when I'm watching the games or watching football in general. That's um, that's uh, evan.thomas.27 on threads. You can go hang out over there. Uh, the last game I watched was the refs was the, <laughs> the Chiefs versus the Jets game where Zach Wilson balled out only to lose to Patrick Mahomes again. Um, kind of an unexpected one, and. Um, I just want to say that I think the the Jets deserve to win that game, and I think that the refs totally um, screwed over the Giants, um, or the Jets. That's what I'm saying. 
I think uh, I think that they deserve to win. <laughs> uh, but that's you know neither here nor there. That's going to it. So how can you support the show? Um, we took a hit recently, um, a couple weeks ago, with Spotify changing the rules for advertisements on podcasts. They basically made it ten times harder for a small podcast to, or a hundred times harder for a podcast. I think it was ten. Ten times harder for a podcast to make ads, especially small ones. Um, and recently, we've been actually seeing a decline in. Um, it says we've been seeing a decline in listeners. Um, but I actually don't know if that's totally true because um, I still see very good numbers episode to episode. I see it slowly growing over time. Uh, things are looking good there. But according to the, the stats here from Spotify, they are saying that um, our progress is down from 2% of the way to um, being for, for generating revenue again down to 1.4%. So um, I need your help, guys. Um, if you're a supporter, if you're a listener, I need your help to share these episodes, to get the word out about them. Um, you know, I'm not sure how long we can continue the podcast with only, um, without money coming in, but we're going to try. And as long as we're trying, we know that's, that's good. We're making good effort. Um, additionally, you know, um, you can become a supporter of the podcast if you want to, um, you know, boost that opportunity. Um, the second we get a supporter, the show is never going away. So that's kind of like, um, that's kind of like an incentive, I guess. Uh, first supporter will save the show consistently. Um, how to become a uh, contributing supporter is to go to podcasters.spotify.com/pod/show/et-speaks/support, and there you can um, donate a monthly contribution to the show. A dollar a month, five dollars a month, or ten dollars a month. Um, it doesn't do. It doesn't give you any special access necessarily. But what it does do is it allows the show to generate revenue, which is something that's very, very, very difficult for podcasts to do. And what that does is it allows us to invest in better microphones, better equipment, um, better research for our games that we call and that we cast, better. Um, guests to have on the show like I, I love the guests that have come on here but more consistently we can get them uh, more often additionally allows us to invest in better recording software um, not just microphones but the actual physical software part so um, and as well as advertising for the show I want to do advertising so we can get the word out even more so there's so much um, that a contribution or revenue for the show will get give us you know is there's so much potential so much upside to it that um, I just have to shout it out and have to um, give that option to you guys as listeners, um, as my you know number one supporters. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you know if you can't, you don't want to become a, a direct monetary supporter. That's totally okay. Um, you know no, um, you know no ill feelings toward you at all. Um, but if you want to support the show in other ways that aren't monetary, it's sharing, um, liking episodes. Um, I think you can, you can set them up to be automatically downloaded on um, the apps that, that uh, you can listen to. I know that um, most of them allow you to automatically save episodes. Go ahead and do that. Listen to us in the car. Just anything you can do um, to help support the show. Just It goes above and beyond um, what even you could imagine. Uh, if we're sitting at you know, like that 1.4% number. Getting that number to 100% 
will be the just most amazing thing um, I could ever imagine. So thank you so much for listening. Um, you know, I just, I, I'm so, I'm so grateful for everybody who does support the show, continues to support the show week in and week out. Um, even though sometimes it's difficult to get episodes out, you guys are always there to listen, to hear what's going on around the league, um, and around, uh, sports in general. So thanks so much. Um, this has been this week's episode of the ET Speaks podcast. The next one is coming October 10th. I hope to see you there. Thank you.